Hello, this is Brad Redderson, and welcome to Stranova Strategic Edge, an audio program exploring the intersection between cutting-edge business strategies and the innovations that can ignite business growth from the edges of the business ecosystem. It's one of several podcast series on the subject of strategic innovation in business offered by Stranova, a resource group dedicated to helping you achieve and capitalize on the incredible potential available for your own business. With their over 30 years of experience leading innovation, we know what it takes to turn ideas into profits. Please visit us to learn more at www.stranova.com. And now, please join us for this week's episode of Stranova Strategic Edge. Five years ago this month, the United States was the victim of a horrific act of terrorism, where four planes were hijacked and crashed, two into the World Trade Center in New York, one into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and one into an empty field in Pennsylvania. Together, just under 3,000 people died in those disasters, and many more indirectly. As we start this episode, we first of all want to honor the dead, their families, and their friends, along with all those who fought heroically to try to save those in the rubble of each of the crash sites, as well as those who have given their lives since then in fighting wars and terror for all of us. They have given, some by volunteering to save and protect others, and some by the tragic accident of having been at the wrong place at the most awful of wrong times, lives that will be remembered forever with meaning and purpose. Along with the immediate human drama, this series of events contributed to a fundamental mind shift in our attitudes towards war and terror, which in turn jump-started a series of economic and political events that are still playing out to this day. In this episode of Stranova Strategic Edge, we'll explore how this mind shift has propagated into changing certain parts of the world's economic ecosystem, if not forever, definitely at least with long-term implications for all of us. To start off, the traumatic events of September 11th affected us all, almost no matter where you live and what country you are from, by forcing us to see how vulnerable we all are to individual attacks by people intent on hurting us, even if our own military strength and ability to defend ourselves is strong overall. I have to admit that although I remember the shock, the terror, and the anger I held on that day some five years ago, watching the events unfold on live television, it's hard to remember the rest of the feelings I held with credibility. But I do remember a few things. The feeling of naked vulnerability to a small group of people who might be out to do even more damage to us, as well as the corresponding feeling of support from all around the world, as people even in the remotest regions sent their words of support for all of us. We felt compassion for our leaders, struggling to determine the best next steps to help us all, both to protect us now and to help us all dig out, both physically and emotionally, from all that had just occurred. What happened next, shortly after that event, is hard to remember in exact steps, but it is undeniable that, over the next few months, the U.S. citizenry felt an emotional mind shift in the way we thought about our own security in the world. We felt like children who had just witnessed someone close to them die for the first time, even if of natural causes, because we now realize that we too were mortal. We realized our open society, imperfect as it may be in so many ways, had been broken into in a way we had never imagined before. There had been bombings and hijackings in earlier days, but never with a seemingly organized and purposeful intent 
that the group responsible for the hijacking on 9-11 had brought forward. We were scared. One approach to dealing with such fear might have been to lean on the broad shoulders of the other countries around the world that shared our horror for that day and find a way to work together to deal with this. Many of us here do wonder what the world might have been like today, how stable or how secure, if we had taken that path. And of course the United States did not take that path, instead moving first into Afghanistan in a dramatic assault against the Taliban, because it was felt that it was there that the Al-Qaeda leaders who instigated the 9-11 attacks were sheltered and might be readily found and brought to justice one way or another. The world was with the Americans on that one. And then the U.S. moved into Iraq, launching a war which was supported only by a narrow coalition of other countries, and with tragic results that we are only now beginning to realize ourselves. We have seen around 2,700 U.S. casualties directly from the war. As to the tallies for other casualties, the English newspaper The Independent reported on September 10th of this year that the current War on Terror has directly killed some 62,000 people and created 4.5 million refugees. There are many times that number in the injured and suffering as well. This was all possible because of that mind shift I mentioned earlier, where we as an American people had suddenly come to terms with their vulnerability as individuals and as a nation. That the U.S. government leadership took advantage of that mind shift to help rally the public to support their own solutions to this going forward is without question, regardless of which side of the political debate you are on. But what has perhaps been underreported is the way it propagated out into the business ecosystems, both in America and throughout the world. It is, in some ways, a textbook case of something we refer to here as the Big Bang, when in effect a brand new business ecosystem is caused to evolve as a result of a major disruptive event that shifts attitudes and money on a grand scale. War is, of course, the most obvious examples of this, and many of you either remember or have read enough of World War II to have some sense of this. In the abstract case in business, when a Big Bang event like 9-11 occurs, there is, in effect, a sudden shift in the critical imperatives driving any kind of change in the economic system. Further, the impact of the Big Bang has the effect of creating waves of structured change, almost like a first tidal wave in its succeeding and delayed secondary waves, dramatically transforming the shores they are colliding against. Since we have limited time in this essay, Let's explore how the Big Bang of 9-11 has created its own tidal wave of effects in just a few areas of the U.S. economy, but hopefully giving enough of a feel for it to illustrate the concept more generally. Perhaps the first effect the U.S. population experienced was on air travel and associated security measures. Within only a short time after the crashes into the World Trade Center towers, the U.S. government rightly and wisely made the decision to shut down all U.S. airports until new security measures could be put in place to trap the very means by which the hijackers were able to take over the planes they commandeered. Well beyond the initial impact of 9-11, however, for much of the next year, travel was dramatically lower on most airlines out of fear, to the point that several carriers were actually driven into bankruptcy during that period. Two of our larger carriers, Delta and Northwest, are still in bankruptcy protection, and both United and U.S. Airways have moved in and out of bankruptcy in that time. Overall, U.S. airlines had over $42 billion in losses during those years. Recently, as people have regained confidence in air travel again, and airlines have made substantial and permanent shifts in their cost structures, including salaries, benefits, and perks for flyers, 
Companies like United have reported their first profits in over five years. In 2005, in fact, 738 million airline passengers flew, a 10% increase over the previous record for air travel in the year 2000. Profits will still be tenuous for a bit as further consolidation of the industry occurs, but the changes in how they're run are here for the long haul, a direct result of the 9-11 events that might have happened eventually anyway, though perhaps nowhere near as fast without it. A second impact directly within the airline industry is in the security checkpoint process in airports. The company Envision, which is now a part of General Electric, and which makes as much as 90% of the country's luggage scanning systems, has benefited greatly as a result of 9-11, and government actions mandating luggage screening in all airports, whether carried on or checked in. The stock price actually jumped from $3 to $50 in the weeks after the 9-11 attacks, and even after settling down to a less emotional perspective, still closed as long ago as 2002 at $26.36 a share, almost 10 times its number before 9-11. The revenues increased from $74 million in 2001 to $160 million in 2002 and an estimated total of $400 million in 2003. A third impact within the airline industry has been in the development of new systems within the aircraft to thwart hijacking attempts. Many of these are systems that are inherently quite simple, such as that no one outside of the cockpit crew has a key to the now-locked doors to that area. But others are growing far more sophisticated and will likely drive the business successes of many other companies providing them. Recently, in fact, a European consortium unveiled a new type of aircraft control system that, when implemented broadly over a few years from now, will actually allow for flight controllers to take over control of a hijacked plane from the ground in the event that a plane was moving dramatically off course or a natural hijack had been reported. On the military side of things, spending over $460 billion directly on the wars overseas clearly flows back to drive business growth for individual companies. Much has been reported on the profiteering nature of some companies, but it is not our intent either to place blame or to absolve companies from that here. Instead, to simply point out that companies like KBR, a division of Halliburton, saw a wartime bonanza from this with Iraq-related revenues of as much as $7.1 billion in 2004 alone, a significant part of which came from the massive master contract called Log Cap 3 to repair the country's internal infrastructures and, in particular, the Iraqi oil fields. Sales were down for KBR in 2005, and margins tightened a bit in part because Congress itself is asking more questions about its spending. But KBR still managed to land $5.4 billion in sales in 2005 and saw growth overall within its company move from $5.1 billion in 2002 to $10.1 billion in revenue in 2005. Along the way, some interesting things have happened in both the automotive and the oil industry in perhaps unsurprising, if unreported, connected ways. Because of the initial popularity of the war, the consumer version of the military Hummer vehicle first introduced in a big way back in the previous Iraq war venture, Desert Storm, became a popular vehicle since 9-11, even in spite of its awkward size and very poor gas mileage. Along the way, however, as the waves from the initial 9-11 Big Bang propagated outwards in time, and Middle East stability has decreased overall. Oil prices have skyrocketed from around $22 a barrel in 2001 to over $70 a barrel and now hovering just over $60 a barrel. One of the casualties, both of the increasing oil and gas prices as well as the declining support for the war, has been the Hummer's dramatic drop in sales. 
There's even an unusual ad campaign in the U.S. for the new compact version of the Hummer that celebrates this new Hummer's ability to be able to drive around without having to stop at every single gas station to refuel. One of the beneficiaries of this set of issues is, of course, Toyota's Prius with its high-mileage hybrid engine and the propagation of that engine concept throughout most major automakers' product lines. The concept of the hybrid existed before 9-11, of course, and it also could be argued that it would have grown in popularity even without the war and the resulting shifts in the way we think about fuel. After all, hybrids are riding a parallel wave of popularity as we grow more and more convinced of our own human contributions to global warming, and that clearly is helping drive their sales as well. It is clear, however, that the rising gas prices alone are indeed helping drive hybrid sales, even though the economics of the increased price of buying a hybrid compared to conventional vehicles just because of fuel savings alone aren't always justified. And as the ways of business impact roll forward, one of the more modern incarnations of this kind of Big Bang effect has been an increased sales of related books and movies about the event and its related after effects. On the book side, President Bush, in fact, in an attempt at humor in one press conference a few years ago, remarked that his presidency had definitely had a positive effect on at least one industry, the publishing industry, most of which at the time consisted of criticisms of his own leadership, along with the normal backstabbing by both the political right and left at each other, even without making any real suggestions as to how to get us out of the messes we've managed to find our way into. The Congressional 9-11 report on why 9-11 was able to happen and how to prevent such a thing in the future was a tremendous success when it first came out in the summer of 2004. And right now, for example, four out of the top ten New York Times nonfiction bestsellers are directly related to the Iraq War, the War on Terrorism, and commentary on the politics of our current political leadership here in the United States. And on the movie front, Michael Moore's documentary, Fahrenheit 9-1-1, has grossed over $220 million worldwide since its initial release several years ago. And this year, the films United 93 and the recently released World Trade Center have already grossed a combined $100 million. The ripple effect of an event like 9-11 is indeed a major shock to all the world's systems, both economically and sociopolitically. In the sociopolitical front, from my perspective, there is no question that we are indeed less stable overall than we were prior to 9-11, clearly a combined result of our own government's direction and other factors that might have popped up anyway during this time. We in the U.S. are indeed still far more fearful of our safety as a populace than we were before 9-11, a conclusion backed up by recent polls over the past few weeks. On the economic front, the ways from the original Big Bang are beginning to settle a bit, and it appears we are in the mature section of this particular cycle at this point. Business events and changes triggered nearer to 9-11 have begun to settle out. The airlines are slowly recovering from the lost business. The growth of companies that enjoyed major revenue increases because of the unique offerings or unique connections with government has begun to flatten. And the commentary in books and movies with a longer perspective is beginning to emerge as a larger growth area. More importantly, however, well beyond the business changes, we here at Stranova would like to hope that we as a people, both here in the United States and worldwide, are finally beginning to see some healing in ourselves from the initial tragedies of 9-11. We also hope that a deeper transformation is coming for all of us that can take this tragedy and perhaps recapture some of the initial promise shortly after the initial trauma, when the world invited us to come together with them to seek a new way of working together in the world 
and the French paper Le Mans cried out on September 12, 2001, that, quote, we are all Americans, end quote. It will likely take not only a change of leadership in several governments, but also a change of heart for many of us as individuals. But without that, regardless of whether or not our current course of actions were to result in the capture of the terrorist leadership responsible for the 9-11 hijackings or the long-term stability of the Middle East, we will have missed the true opportunity of 9-11 and a long-term meaning and purpose that we can leave as our own personal legacy for the future. We have the power to transform the world, but first, we must transform ourselves. That's our show for this week, and thanks for listening. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Stranova's podcast series. If you'd like to learn more about Stranova's business services and the topics discussed in this week's episode, please visit us at www.stranova.com, write us at ideas at stranova.com, or visit our blog at blog.stranova.com. Our program materials are covered by a Creative Commons license, the Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives 2.5 license by Brad Redderson. And this is Brad Redderson inviting you to join us soon for a future audio program exploring where strategy and innovation intersect.